Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Somebody started clapping up there. I wanted to do that too. That's okay. That's good. We are going to look at that psalm that that mighty fortress is based on because he took Psalm 46 and made it into a hymn and telling us how Jesus fulfills all of that. It's a great almost devotion made turn into a hymn off of Psalm 46. So we're going to get to that. I wonder if you have seen this picture. It's been making the rounds in the past couple weeks or so. Anybody recognize that? Hurricane Michael tore through Florida panhandle into Georgia and kept going, and it made landfall on October 10th. And Mexico Beach, Florida was one of the hardest hit locations, and the city was almost, almost completely flattened by the storm. However, amid all of the destruction... One home has gotten a lot of attention because it stood high on stilts above all the wreckage, appearing largely untouched and looks pretty good. It's no coincidence that this house survived. Two people, LeBron Lackey, a radiologist from Tennessee, and his uncle, Russell King, an attorney from Tennessee, they built it, family house, with the intention of it surviving a monster hurricane. And so the construction started... Over a year ago, uh, in 2017, and apparently this home has has become famous. It's got its own Facebook page. You know, that's how you hit a big, right? And what they said, they said, we built this for the big one, but we had no idea that the big one would come so soon. When constructing the home, every decision was made with conscious thought of its functionality, survival, and the event of a hurricane from the pilings to the roof to everything in between. That's what the news article said. And they said they even went above and beyond state building codes. They said, we were told to use 30-foot pilings, and so we had 40-foot pilings. Rebar placed through the walls for stability and steel cables to go from the girders above the pilings to the roof and continue down the other side. In the end, two windows were broken. I think they're even looking into that. (laughs) Like, that shouldn't have happened. Two windows broken. I think a third had a hairline crack. Quite an interesting story. We're going to come back to this because it's going to help us focus on Psalm 46 today. Psalm 46 begins, and if you get nothing else today, which there are plenty of other things to get today, I want you to know this verse. Say it with me if you can read it. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Psalm 46, 1. Say it again. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. That's enough to know that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble, and to know that Jesus is the one who has fulfilled that for us. Now we're going to look at just this verse today. We'll look at the rest of the psalm, but focus on this verse and and look at three words in that. So say it again with me. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We're going to look at refuge, present, and help. God is our refuge and strength, go together, a very present help in trouble. 
So we're going to look at three, ver- three words in this verse that kind of help us look at the whole psalm. Remember, psalms were the hymnal of the Bible. They were the songs. And so uh, Luther writing Mighty Fortress to it is just putting it, you know, rearranging it and doing what God's people had already done is sung the psalms. Well, the first word we're going to look at is present. Well, after we, I want to get you through the whole psalm first. So, re- uh, oh yeah, read the whole thing with me if you can. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though its mountains tremble with its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. One of our deepest fears, I believe, is wondering, God, are you there? Because we have seasons where it feels like God isn't. You can know with your head, yes, God, you've said you're there, but sometimes our hearts live a very different existence, right? I think one of our deepest fears is, God, where are you? Do you care? Do you care what I'm going through? Do you care about my pain? Are you there for me in my hurt, in my grief? Or, God, do you actually forgive my real sins? Because I worry and wonder. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. But I think that's one of our fears is deep down we wonder if God isn't. One of the names of God that we hear a lot around Christmas time is what? God with us. What's the other word you know for that? Emmanuel, God with us. Interesting thing in this psalm is... Emmanuel, that's a Hebrew word. Emmanuel means God is with us. Well, verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. That's the word. Emmanuel means God with us. Here is the Lord of hosts. So it's got a specific name, Yahweh Sebaoth. We say Lord God of Sebaoth, not Sabbath. Sebaoth means of hosts, like the big dog, the big, the Lord of hosts. So this is Basically saying Emmanuel in Hebrew, Imanu, the Lord of hosts, is with us. So the psalm begins, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And it goes on to say all the things that could go wrong. And you get to the very end, and this verse crops up two times and says, Emmanuel, the Lord of hosts, that is who God is. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God is present. The psalm begins and ends with God promising to be with us. So say verse 1 again with me. 
God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Okay, that's the first word. Second word I want to talk about is help. God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Help. When someone is described as a helper, they're helping me or I'm helping them, we often see that as a servant role, and then sometimes we often think that if you're helping and serving, you're somewhat less than, right? Sometimes, well, I'm, I'm helping them, meaning they're, they're the one that need, that, uh, you know, I'm serving and supporting, and so I'm le- less than. Well, there's an interesting thing here on this word help, helper. Where is the first time in the Bible a helper is talked about and described and, and therefore well-known? Genesis chapter 2, God creates the world, it is good, it is good, it is good, and the first thing he says it's not good about, it is not good for the man he's created to be alone, and so God says, I will make a helper, helper suitable, helper opposite. It's talking about Eve, and unfortunately, people have taken that word in English and other languages and seen as less than and seen as, as a sign of weakness, but guess what? That's the same word in Genesis 2 as the same word in Psalm 46. And who is it talking about in Psalm 46? Who is the helper? It is God. Is that, a, is that a weakness? No, that's a strength. God is my helper. And this appears all over the Psalms. God is my help. The Lord is my help. So this word help in Hebrew appears all throughout the Old Testament. And if you look up who it refers to most of the times, it's almost always, vast majority of the time it is used, it refers to God. God is our refuge and strength. He's a very present help in trouble. So is helper a weakness? No. It refers to God most of the time it's used. Which makes me wonder, okay, so if, if Eve is called a helper, woman is called helper to man, God is most often the one in the Bible that the word's used about, well, ladies, I think you could get some good marital mileage out of this one if you, if you played it right, but I'll let, you, I'll let you figure that one out. God is our refuge and strength, the very present help. But the verse doesn't end, does it? Help in trouble. We want God to be our help. We want God to, I think at times, help us by make everything difficult go away. Take away my problems, God. Just make my life easier. Make my heart not hurt so much. Take care of my financial troubles. Take care of my relationship. Just, just make it all go away. Just, just help me and make my life easy. No, God is a very present help in trouble, which means... If you're living, you at times and maybe many times will be in trouble. And when you're in trouble, you'll turn somewhere. You'll turn somewhere for help, hoping it'll help you. And some things we turn to help us and some things we turn to don't. They make it worse. Very present help in trouble. So today being Reformation Sunday closest to the day we mark the beginning of the Reformation, that is the day Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses on the Wittenberg Castle Church door, October 31st, 1517, now it's 501 years ago. That's marked as the beginning of the renewal of the gospel in the church. 
He grew up believing God was cold and harsh and just waiting to, to get him. And because of his education to be a professor, he was able to read the Scriptures for himself and read things like, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Or from John, you know, Jesus says, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. He read all of these things, and it changed his heart, changed his life, and through it, God used to change the church. But God did not spare Martin Luther from everything bad. He endured deep pain. And it is some of that deep pain that brings about him writing a mighty fortress. He was made an outlaw, a heretic, an outlaw, meaning anyone could kill him. And he had to run for his life and hide for his life. He also suffered deep depression for long seasons. And maybe the most painful to him, he had to witness and watch his 13, 14-year-old daughter Magdalena die. He endured great hardship and pain and yet still penned these words because he knew that God's word was true, that God would still be there, God would still be a very present help in trouble. Or maybe a very present help especially in trouble. I think one of the most powerful things, maybe the most powerful thing God promises us is His presence. We're often looking for God's power, something big and flashy when God all the time offers His presence. God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Okay, let's look at the third word in that verse. Oh, I didn't underline it. Oops, it's refuge. So say verse 1 again with me. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And then verse 11, the end, remember we looked at the Lord of hosts is with us. That's Emmanuel. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You can see where the word comes from, right? A mighty fortress. God is our fortress. Does this make more sense now? What if you saw God that way? Because, as the rest of the psalm says, therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way. The mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. It all happens. Sometimes literally to people in hurricanes and sometimes in other ways in our lives. And yet God still says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Do you see God like that? Do you see Jesus as the only place that you'll find refuge and shelter and security and the only place for your soul to truly rest? You see, the gospel is this. If you have Jesus... You have enough. If you have Jesus, you have enough. And we often want Jesus and. Jesus and my comforts. Jesus and uh, everything to go well. Jesus and a little less pain, a little more. If you have Jesus, you have enough. If you have Jesus, the forgiveness and life that come from his death and resurrection, you have enough because he is our mighty fortress. 
The earth might give way for you. You might have sudden loss. You, your life and your health can change quickly. Many things might be swept away, as we just sang. And all of those things are smaller than Jesus. If you have Jesus and that's all you have, it's still enough. The forgiveness and life from his death and resurrection for you, you have the fortress that can withstand anything. Hope you know it by now. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Now close your eyes and try to say it. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Lord God, we thank you that you are our refuge, our strength. You are present, and you are present especially in trouble. Give us hearts to believe that new today. And help us to see that with our eyes, that you are present and you have fulfilled all of your promises to us in Jesus. And if we have him as we do because you have given him to us, we have enough. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.